0: It's colder My eyes go thin as I get older Piece in pieces Bloody and bruised I feel so helpless and confused Cause I hear screaming on the left Yelling on the right I'm sitting in the middle trying to live my life Cause I can't stop the walk. Good afternoon.
1: This is Evelyn Pringle. Welcome to Focus on the Facts. My special guest today is Reverend Kevin Annette, the heroic man behind the global movement to end child trafficking and child torture and to de-establish the genocidal churches and governments. He is an award-winning filmmaker and author who works with victims of church violence and genocide all over the world. In his two latest books, Unrelenting and Murder by Decree, Kevin traces the origin of genocide in Canada and across the globe, and he found that all roads lead back to the Vatican. Kevin is one of the most courageous, intelligent, and honorable men of our times. He has dedicated his entire life to this cause. He was a Nobel Peace Prize nominee in 2013, 2014, and 2015. In 2010, Kevin co-founded the International Tribunal into the Crimes of Church and State with six other organizations. He also co-founded the International Common Law Court of Justice in Brussels in 2011, and he has served as chief advisor to the prosecutor's office. The Common Law Court has so far brought two legal cases against the Vatican, the Crown of England, Canada, and its churches for crimes of genocide, satanic child sacrifice, and child trafficking, and they successfully convicted all of the defendants in those cases for crimes against humanity. So I'll bring them on now and get the latest details on the numerous Vatican scandals occurring right now and the latest details on the events that have taken place over the past few months, including the anti pope protests in Dublin, Ireland, and the common law sheriff's attempts to enforce the arrest warrants against Pope Francis and the public banning orders that were issued against top nine circle cult leaders, and finally, a legal and moral declaration and pledge of non-cooperation issued by concerned Roman Catholic clergy. Welcome to the show, Kevin.
2: Hi, A.V. Well, I'm I'm glad to be here finally. I'm sorry about screwing up last week by being in the wrong time zone.
1: Well, that's not your fault. I mean, we get mixed up all the time. I was so glad to hear you were okay.
2: But um, yeah, yeah, just a bollocks. Anyway. So.
1: Where do here we, we are? start? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to have you on. So so happy. So where do you
2: want to begin, Kevin? Well, why don't I begin with what I was going to talk about last week, which is that uh, declaration that came out of, um, well, from nearly 200 Catholic priests who kind of surfaced on September 23rd with this declaration. And people can read the entire thing if they go to the tribunal website, itccs.org. What it is, it's two parts, really. There was a a part sent, both the parts were sent to the ITCCS head office, And the part that's published um, is referring to why they broke from Rome. Now, let me explain the first part. This uh, statement is nearly 200 priests, and it includes a couple of bishops as well. Um, And ever since 2014, when the head of the Jesuits was forced to resign, Adolfo Bishon, after we had indicted him, because of his direct involvement with the Ninth Circle sacrificial cult, this movement began within the Catholic Church where priests were saying, "Look, we don't want to enforce these policies anymore. Um, these are priests in nine countries, the countries that we've been involved in and organizing, and including America and Canada. Um, and what it says is uh, there are several parts to what they're we're saying, as if you know as people can see, by reading the statement. But the first thing it says is they're not going to endorse or enforce. This policy called Crimin Solicitanus, which is a Vatican policy. It's been in place since 1929. It deals with how anyone in the Catholic Church is supposed to uh, respond when children are raped or harmed by a priest. Uh, its orders, and this is a, it's called a pontifical secret, that means it's an order coming right from the Pope. Since so Every Pope since 1929, including the present one, endorses this policy. It says when children are raped or harmed or any crime happens, the police are not to be told. It's to be covered up. The victim is to be silenced. And anyone who talks about it is instantly excommunicated, thrown out of the church. Not if you rape a child. That doesn't get you excommunication. Only if you talk about it, then you're excommunicated. You know, like any criminal society does, they, they keep it under wraps. Well, these priests have said, no, we're not going to do that anymore. And their, their statement is quite amazing. It's directly challenging papal authority. They're, 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 let me read out the points. First of all, Great. this is them speaking. We will actively uncover and report to our, our congregations, the police, and the media any violence or other crimes done against children within our parishes and communities, regardless of church policy. Two, we will also uncover and report to the same people the names of anyone who harms a child, regardless of their rank within the church. So if they found out a bishop or a cardinal was doing it, they'd, they'd denounce their own bosses in the church. Thirdly, as ordained clergymen, we will refuse to give Holy Communion or sacra- any sacrament of the Church to anyone associated with harming a child. And if ordered by our superiors to uh, collude with these Church crimes, we will separate ourselves and continue our pastoral offices apart from the Church. So in other words, they're doing what Martin Luther did 500 years ago and saying, look, we are splitting from Rome um, you know, because of these criminal policies. So it's an amazing document. And like I said, it was followed by a second set of documents, and these are still being analyzed by the ITCCS uh, staff. What they are is quite amazing. It's stuff from that they've surfaced, for, surfaced from an unknown Vatican archive that only now has been uh, mentioned. And it is uh, amazing, some of the things that I've seen uh, extracts from these documents. And they refer, for example, to the Vatican prison People have heard about um, this prison in Rome where people are kept. A, a few years ago, remember, there was a, a one of the Pope's butlers, uh, pa, Paolo Gabriel. He um, released some of the uh, stuff he found in the—this uh, is Pope Benedict, uh, Joseph Ratzinger. He, he released uh, to the media some stuff he found in the Pope's diary. He was instantly arrested. The Italian police stood by and let this happen and put in a Vatican prison for like three months without charges. And these Vatican prisons, they operate not just in Rome. We have found out from these documents just released by this group of priests that, in fact, the Chinese government... You know how the uh, Chinese military are heavily involved in organ trafficking from pr- prisoners. Uh, they kill thousands of people a year to traffic their organs. Well, the Vatican has been getting very close to the, Va- to the Chinese government and uh, the Vatican Bank is laundering a lot of money uh, from China and the triad gangsters and people like that, including the Chinese government. Well, it turns out in these Vatican prisons, according to these priests, this kind of killing and, uh, and trafficking of uh, organs has been going on for some time. And uh, that's one example of this deeper corruption and criminality that they're beginning to bring out. So um, this will be an unfolding story, but this is quite amazing that if they're, even within their own ranks now, they're they're getting opposition and people breaking away. So I think that's a really good sign.
1: Right. Yeah. And and they said that um, that these priests are from uh, the Roman Catholic Church in America, Canada, Ireland, England, France, the Netherlands, Germany, Spain, and Italy. Yeah,
2: all over Western Europe and North America, and uh, wow. that's because for over five years now we've been working in those countries, uh, creating the climate where. Honest people in the church can come forward, and we've been telling them, that you've got to leave this corrupt institution, you know. Uh, your right. money and your association with it is allowing these crimes to continue. So we know that will set a trend, and, uh, we, you know, it's a time for anyone in that church you now to get out and follow their example.
1: Right. Have you talked to any of these people, Kevin?
2: Yes, I have. Yeah, a few of them. You,
1: oh, really? Yeah. So they're uh, really
2: enthusiastic about this, huh? Well, I've known a few of them kind of off the radar for a few years, and um, uh, actually a couple of them from Ireland I've I've met when I've been over there doing work. There's a lot of discontent. To give you an example of Ireland, you know, when um, Pope Francis Jorge Begaglio went there, would you believe that compared to the previous papal visit, only 5% of the people who came to that first one came out to see uh, Begaglio. They had less than 80,000 people. They were expecting 2 million and really? meanwhile, there was something like 10,000 people protesting against him in the streets of Ireland because Begoglio, you know, Mr. Smiley, liberal pope, um, he ordered the cover-up of this mass grave of babies found in the Chum, um, the Bon Secours Catholic Orphanage in Galway, Ireland. Uh, if people don't know about this, it, in, uh, four years ago, there was a, a, in a cistern. They found the remains of 800 babies, newborns and babies under the age of two, uh, their corp, their their skeletal remains, and these remains were missing limbs and heads, and the bones were cut and burned. That's a classic sign of ritual killing. Uh, Bergoglio himself ordered a cover up of this, and we broke the story and forced Card- Cardinal Sean Brady in Ireland to step down because he'd been directly destroying this evidence, ordering the destruction of it. Because of the order order from the Pope himself, so we know that that's a remains of a ninth circle uh, ritual killing in Ireland, in which all these top
1: attic officials are, are personally involved sure Chris um, was talking about we were talking about this last week, and we try to do our best to explain what you just you're explaining to us now, um, but we were talking about this, and she was and I was asking her. You know, thinking how come the pope would not want to uncover this and let these babies be dug up so they can be identified and buried and everything and as she was discussing it it went through my mind it was like he doesn't want that to happen because then that'll open up all the orphanages all over the globe to an That's investigation right. you, like you know, this
2: when you're involved in a group crime everybody has to stay quiet about it because the minute that one um, part of it opens up everything collapses and so Everybody knows they're guilty and they panic, uh, and this is what's happening. People are breaking. You know, these 200 priests, they're not all necessarily operating from higher motives. They're frightened as well, and they don't want to get, they, they're leaving the sinking ship. I, th- I know for a fact, uh, you know, first time I went to Italy in 2009, I actually got a back channel call <laughs> from a fairly senior cardinal, and uh, he's in the inner circle. He was actually, at the time, number three man in the Vatican. Uh, Cardinal, um, I won't say where he's from, but he's an Italian cardinal. He said that uh, through this mediator, he sa- intermediary, he said that um, there was a, there was a move afoot to expose this stuff because they are aware of its criminal nature and they're all concerned about being prosecuted. After we set the example of you know the prosecution of two popes, uh, Ratzinger and Bergoglio now, so. They know, you know, that as, as the tide shifts, they know that they've got to at least appear to come clean. Otherwise, they're gonna, they could easily go to prison. That's why Ratzinger is still hiding in, in, in the Vatican, because he knows that, you know, governments could uh, issue arrest warrants based on the evidence that we published.
1: Right. And didn't they warn him that in Spain, that if he came there, he'd be arrested?
2: That's what happened five days before Ratzinger resigned in February 2013. The Spanish government had sent a diplomatic note to um, the uh, cardinal, uh, the Secretary of State, uh, Tarsicio Bertone, and it said that if Pope, the pope uh, Ratzinger came to Spain, he could have f- face arrest based on what they had seen in the docket of our court case. You know, that Ratzinger had been personally ordering bishops all over the world to not only cover up child abuse and child trafficking, but to destroy evidence of it. And when they say destroy evidence, they're not just talking about pieces of paper. You know, They're talking about human right. beings, the eyewitnesses. They mean get rid of the witnesses. And there's a branch of the Vatican that's called, the, believe it or not, it's called the Holy Alliance, and it's right. the Assassination and Espionage Bureau. They're the ones who killed Pope John Paul I in 78 when they poisoned him because he was probing into the Vatican Bank too close. And their ties with the Mafia and the Freemasons. But, um, you know, like this assassination bureau operates all over the world and they they put out hits on witnesses all the time. That happened to six of our native friends in, in Canada. Um, all of them died that way. So, I mean, it's it's what an institution does when their back is to the wall. They, they appear to make it look like they're changing and in the meantime they destroy the witnesses and, and any of the hard evidence that might uh,
1: indict them, right? Right. Well, I'll bet you you're on that list for their to do well, away with. I'm
2: I've had, you know, in many ways they've done everything that they could short of killing me. And frankly, I got a lot of light around me. And this is the reason I've been able to do this work. And I'm so public that that provides a lot of protection. It would be obvious who whacked me if they do it. I'm I'm more, um, uh, you're more of a liability to people like that if you become a martyr. They don't want martyrs. They just want people to forget about me or to be afraid of me. And that's why they do so much smear around me in this work. But. Um, no, they know the value of a martyr. <laughs> and uh, if you're not known and you're a witness, then you're very vulnerable. Like a lot of these native people I work with in Canada, they all know they're vulnerable. They can be killed tomorrow because Indians aren't citizens under Canadian law. They're wards of the state. They, they have no rights. Really? Yep. Why, the, why, is it, why are they wards of the state?
1: It,
2: it goes back to 1874. The Indian Act was set up. Uh, it corralled all the Indians onto these concentration camps called reservations. And um, uh, it said the wording is in the Indian Act uh, it says, uh, they're wards of the crown in perpetuity, which means until the end of time. Because, you know, you, that's how you, you destroy other nations and take their land. You reduce them to non-existent beings. You know, it goes back to Roman times. They used to do that all the time. Um, but interestingly, in America, because the crown wasn't operating um, in 1924, Indians were given the right to become citizens, which they can they can be full citizens, but they can't in Canada because of this crown legacy, this colonial legacy. They're still living under.
1: Well, they are the true citizens of America. Yeah, the Native Americans. You know, that's what Harry Truman said. Actually, Well, well yeah, <laughs> they remember are. Remember that
2: uh, that movie it, about? And I was uh, noticing. Go ahead. Well, you know the flags of Iwo Jima. You know the, the guys who raised the flag at Iwo Jima. One of them was a Pima Indian. Um, and when they came to the White House, Harry Truman shook his hand first and said, You're the only true American. You know? Right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: You know, I was noticing when I'm, I'm looking over this, um, or this statement from those priests that they say um, they want... Th- they'll have to uncover and report any abuse to their congregations, to the police, and the media. Yep. The names of anyone within the church who harms a child or aids and abets such harm, or who conceals it, regardless of the rank or position within the church. So how are they going to keep track of this? How are we going to know if, uh, how are they going to keep track of this in the churches?
2: Oh, that, that's the point. They're freaking right out, I can tell you right now. And I've been getting a lot of hate mail from Catholics, which is always a good sign. It means we're hitting a nerve. And, right. uh, you know, death threats and everything. It's, it's running at like five times the normal average this week. So that's a good sign. Um, but, uh, what, you know, they know that if they have insiders that are going to blow the whistle, none of them can get away with it anymore. So, you know, there's going to be a real witch hunt. And I know there already is, uh, purging of people, arrests and everything. Yeah. Um, that, but, you know, that's the price you pay when you start bringing this truth out, right? <laughs> right,
1: right, right. Well, these guys, now, these these priests and stuff, they must not have been involved in this at all, huh? I
2: don't know. I know that um, you're expected to. You see, when you take a vow uh, as a as a Catholic clergy, you're taking the vow of obedience either to a bishop or to the head of your order, if you're like a Franciscan or a Dominican or whatever, Right. And they all take oaths of loyalty personally to the Pope. It's like, you know, everyone in Germany, Nazi Germany, took a vow of allegiance to the person of Adolf Hitler. And it's the same thing. Um, and, and so if they violate that oath, they have, life and de- they have life and death power over their minions. I mean, that it's believed that the Pope has the power of life and death over everyone on the planet. So they can get, you know, they have a license to kill. And um, right. literally for anyone who gets out of line. So it's a brave act to do what they did, right?
1: Right. How many Catholics do you think are aware of this um, church policy, that crime and solicitation? Not a lot.
2: I mean, they know in practice what goes on, because they may not have seen the document, but they know, because every if a priest doesn't go along with crimen, that policy, he's excommunicated. And so scuttlebutt informally, everybody knows, okay, we've got to look the other way when, you know, this the local priest is known to be buggering kids, everyone looks the other way, and they're not allowed to tell the police, or they'll get thrown out of the church, or worse. So they may not have to see it, but they still operate by it. You know, it's kind of like the, uh the unstated rule, right?
1: Sure, sure. Now, do you know how many Catholics there are in the United States? Uh, Pan, Kevin? Uh,
2: okay, so there's, I think there's somewhere around 28% of the population. Um.
1: No, I, I don't know what that means. Uh, it's in the millions, obviously, but... Um, well, it's supposed to be about, well, a little over 3 million now here. It used to be 320-something, but I think the population has dropped. But just say 3 million, so that'd be what? How many? Oh, well, if you... 300 million,
2: 300 million Americans, that would make about, 30, uh, say, probably easily 60 million. Really? Something like that. Okay, um,
1: well, it was probably a month ago now that I saw a report that it said that... Uh, Catholics had dropped out three million or so in the united states oh they 're falling that 's the it. point all
2: over North yeah. America
1: and Western Europe, which is where all these priests are from who broke from Rome,
2: all over Western Europe and north America, the so called developed world, the Catholic Church ah. is collapsing they're, you know you 've got everywhere I go, I see this a big cathedral where that sits five hundred people with maybe twenty people in it on Sunday, and they are all mostly older. So yeah, the the only place the Catholic Church is experiencing growth is in Asia and Africa, and um, that's why when you look at I don't know if all over Canada you see this there's a, a cathedral and there's five priests and three three of them are the from the Philippines, um, the, you know they're they're just third world it's a third world church more now but um, that's uh, that's a sign of what's it's definitely collapsing and when it starts to collapse there's splits. Emerge, and that's what we're seeing with this declaration from these priests.
1: Sure, I know I, I went by, um, by the church uh, not this past Sunday, the Sunday before, at the ten o'clock mass. It's usually usually the two two or three years ago, the parking lot would be full, and I'd say if you really looked, how almost half of the parking spaces were empty.
2: Oh yeah. yeah, People often wonder, well, how did they survive financially? Well, I mean, it's because they.
1: <laughs> I
2: don't know if I mentioned the statistic to you, but. Um, uh, in two thousand and thirteen, like America is the only country in the world where the Catholic Church has to disclose its financial situation and um, in two thousand and thirteen the Catholic Church brought in fourteen point one billion in America alone. Yeah. Now, guess what percentage of that went to charity? less than one percent
1: less than one percent, right.
2: Less than 1% of what they brought in, they spent on charity, right? Because they're always saying, oh, the church does so many good things. Well, let's see the proof. In fact, less than 1% was spent on charity. 99% of it went into the Vatican Bank, went into their corporate investments, the, the arms industry, all of the stuff. You know, Citibank, which the Jesuits own. I mean, they're a huge financial oligarchy and multinational corporation. That's where most of their money goes. So, you know, they're all funding
1: this criminal body.
2: <laughs> it's just...
1: Well, yeah, you know, with this, I don't understand this thing or whatever. How much money is how much money are, are Americans supposed to give to the church? A percentage of what they make? Oh, you mean if you're uh, in that church? A member? Of, yeah.
2: Usually, uh, you know, the scuttlebutt I heard when I was never in their church. Of course, I was a Protestant minister, but um, uh, a Catholic priest would tell me people are expected to give ten percent. But 10%. Uh, don't don't forget every American is forced to give money to the Vatican Bank under the financial concordats or agreements between the Vatican and the United States government. These are secret treaties where taxpayers' money is funneled right into the Vatican Bank. You know, they're 28% of the population, but they get
1: tax money. Like, go figure. That makes me so angry to hear that. You know, because I wouldn't give a penny to that global pedophile network. Well, you are your tax money I know. Is a percentage of it,
2: and and uh, now, did, that's why people have got to stop paying their taxes. Or go to their congressman and say, you know, let's see the the deal here. Let's publish this concordat. We want to see what's going on, um, you know, because it's, it's you are complicit. Anyone is who funds that kind of criminal body.
1: Right, right. Now, does, does the does the government give our tax dollars to other religions too, or just nope. Catholics?
2: They're not allowed to, under the Constitution to do what they're doing. Uh, you know a member read right in the very First Amendment it says that um, you know basically that the government will not create a religion, will not impose a religion on the people, nor will they tell you how to how to that's your individual conscience so strict separation of church and state, they're not supposed to be advocating any particular religion. Well, how come then the Pope gets and speaks to a joint session of Congress and the Senate? Is the head of the imam from uh, the Islamic world doing that, you know? Is the right. head of the World Council of Churches doing that? No. Just him. Right. So who do we contact if we want to complain about that? Our representatives? Well, start, or? start with your congressman, senators, saying uh, there's a good website people should read about the Concordats. It's called concordatwatch.eu. Concordat, C-O-N, uh, C-O-R-D-A-T concordat, concordatwatch.com, or I'm sorry, not .com, .eu from Europe, concordatwatch.eu, gives you the whole history of these concordats, and refer the senator and congressman to that, say, we want to know if there's a secret treaty funneling American tax money into the Vatican Bank, and what exactly is the financial relationship between the U.S. government and Rome. We want to know. And um, your derelict of duty, unless you do that, because it's a violation of the First Amendment, for us, you to be doing that.
1: Right. How did they ever manage to pull that off?
2: Well, in a nutshell, because it's not a, a republic anymore, it's a de facto corporate regime. Um, like in the courts, they, they, they rule by administrative law, by fiat, by the rule of the judge, rather than by common law jury trial, by and large. In the important cases, it's all administrative law now. Um, and governments are the same way. they become corporatized. They're not accountable to, you know, a company is not accountable to the people but to their shareholders and there's, you know, their executive officers. Well, it's the same now and with government. Um, they've kept the, the appearance, the window dressing of democracy to keep everybody fooled, but everybody knows how it works. I remember, to give you an example, I had a relative who she set up a, uh, a water company in British Columbia. And uh, they made it big for a while until they got taken over by the mob and, and tossed out on their ear. But um, this relative of mine told me that, get this, the day they went public on the Vancouver and New York Stock Exchange, they got a visit from a cousin of the prime minister's is Raymond Chrétien, And he walked in and he said to this relative of mine, for ten thousand dollars, you can have a special meeting with a prime minister and have any legislation you want. That's how it works oh. and you know if it's true in Canada, it's true in the United States. It's how the system works, but you know it's <laughs> oh. people have to have their illusions, I guess by
1: voting they're they're affecting that Well, I'm so angry about that, you know because you know i'm this is I'm behind its a three year movement now to take these pedophiles down. And yep. the fact that my tax dollars are going to support yep. that. Yep, oh, they are. Uh, so it, 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 under
2: me. international law, you've got to withhold your tax money if you're going to do the legal and the moral thing. Because under international right. law, if you're funding a, a criminal body, you're, you can be charged with being an accessory to a crime because you're, you're, you're paying for the bullets in the guy's gun, or in this case, the means by which children are raped, trafficked, and, and killed, right? Right,
1: right. Well, I tried not paying taxes about uh, probably about five years ago. I, I was so mad because a report had come out on how much uh, tax money all these corporations were getting and stuff. And I said, "That's it. There's a there's an envelope sitting on my table right now. telling me how much taxes I must owe. I'm not even opening. I'm done paying any taxes in this country." Well, the next thing I know, they garnish my Social Security yeah, money. that's what they do. You know, and I'm, I'm elderly. I'm yeah, They garnish my damn Social Security check.
2: Okay, here's how you can wait. get around that. What you do is you don't confront them directly. You send them a letter of intent, and you say, uh, it's really an inquiry saying, um, I would like some questions a- answered. Are you using our tax money in uh, you know, in, in supporting the Vatican? It does this concordat exist, and this financial concordat. And I, until you give me that clarification, I'm withholding my taxes, but I'm not not paying you, what I'm doing is I'm putting it in a trust fund in our community so that we will, um, it's not like I'm denying the government taxes, we're just re-channeling, channeling the taxes in another direction, keeping it local until you you reassure me that I'm not funding a criminal conspiracy, right? So you're doing it all legal and above board, and then they act illegally by then ignoring you and attacking you, but they expose themselves that way, and that's an education for lots of people, right? That's how people right. gradually wake up.
1: So who
2: would I send that to, the IRS? Yeah, although IRS, uh, like the in Canada, is called the Canada Revenue Agency, but it's like the uh, IRS. It's an offshore corporation. It's not a government agency at all. IRS is uh, based in the Cayman Islands. It's um, uh, a corporation that's traced back to the city of London and the the Vatican. Uh, International banks aren't based in countries anymore and irs is run by banking cartels so it's you know it it taxes it's all about everybody is worth something when you're born right you got it the government gets a a credit rating based on this number of employable citizens and so you're just um a source of income for them and if you start denying them that that's what gets them worried and that's why they try to come down on individuals like a ton of bricks when you do that. But there's a way as as communities that we can start resisting that, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people would. And for more reasons than this, I think other people object to paying taxes for other reasons, too. Like me, back when I found out all these corporations were getting all this Yep. all our tax dollars. was like this is it. I'm done just
2: with this. Keep it in the community. Set up a local community trust fund and say anybody who wants to keep their money in the community, get your town council on board. Don't do it just as an individual because they can pick off individuals. Get a whole um, town council. You know, hold a town meeting and on that we're we're starting to do that in Canada. Um, Are you? And we get we've got, even had mayors endorse what we're doing. So get the police and the local mayor work from the grassroots
1: up. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Can you? Um, I was looking over my notes too. That public cease and desist order that was issued on um, September 21st Yeah. For the bishops and head offices of the Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops. You want to tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, well, that was a lot of fun. I mean, because <laughs>
1: <laughs> th- these Canadian
2: bishops are 73 of them, and they met for their annual meeting in a place called Cornwall, Ontario, which is a hotbed. It's a center of satanic. Activity in Canada, the Ninth Circle, children go missing there more than any other city in Canada. And in fact, it was a place where um, it's right on the border, uh, Ontario New York border, and drugs and children and arms are smuggled through the local Mohawk Indian reservation uh, by the RCMP and other police, and they they traffic children there. Well, that's where the Catholic bishops were meeting, not accidentally. And um, and so we had people go and hand them all cease and desist letters that basically it says, you know, because you're part of this criminal organization, you have to cease and desist from being part of it or you will be prosecuted. And I'm telling you, it caused quite a stir. They even moved the place of their meeting because they were afraid of getting hit with these cease and desist orders. So they're really vulnerable, and even a few people can really upset their little apple cart, um, you know, but they, they rely on smoke and mirrors and intimidation. Oh, it's the church. You can't take them on. Because, in fact, they're they're just, uh, you know, imaginary. They were, their power is largely imaginary. It's based on fear and ignorance.
1: Right. So so after you issue those, then how how do you follow up with those? Well, these
2: were issued by the Common Law Court Central Office. And, you know, people in Ireland and England this week did the same thing. They were issuing cease and desist orders to to known child-raping priest. They, they, they're going to the next step. There was a conference in London this last week of people being trained as common law sheriffs who are going to actually go and perform the arrest and banish these people from their communities and get it all on film. That's going to cause an amazing ripple effect when people start seeing that all over the world. And um, it's already begun. So if people want to get a copy of that order and start a similar movement in your community, um, write to the ITCCS office. So it's IT... CCS office—that's one word. I-T-C-C-S office at gmail.com. They'll send you out a copy, um, and I can get you that
1: stuff as well. Sure, sure. That—that'd be great. That'd be great. And um, and, and you—you'll go around and, and help people start these in their communities, start yep. these organizations, right? Um, All the time. I think you're going to get to get together with Patricia, aren't you? This fall. I'm, to, I'm, I'm hoping to
2: um, uh, during the fall months. I'm I'm coming. In that direction, they will be in Minnesota and in the Midwest. There's a lot of interest there.
1: Sure. How do you afford to travel all over the place, Kevin? Well,
2: I don't. A lot of the time I can't get to places, but, uh, you know, I put out appeals. We do community fundraising. It's all grassroots efforts. Um, we do our radio show, and my books, of course. People should go to Amazon.com, put in Kevin Annett, and you'll see all my books. Ten of them in the last three years we've put out, so... It's really important to get those in circulation, and, and just, you know, we accept donations. Um, you can write to me, thecommonland at com, and, and anyone who listens and wants to fund this work, it's going to come from you folks. It's not going to come from anywhere else.
1: We're not on anybody's payroll. <laughs> right, right. That's what's so hard, you know. I mean, all these people, you know, we work in, you know, we don't get paid for any of this work that we no. do, you know. And we just have to exist, basically, you know. But like we talked about the last time you were on, you know, even as we're speaking, this child rape and child torture and child sacrifice is going on as we speak. You know, yep. we have got to stop this. Yep. You know, it's, it's just Now, there was a, a report out this week about, um, let's see, the um, Jehovah Witnesses paid a big fine, a $250 million fine. Um, over child sex abuse, so I've been looking more into the other, um, you know, the other religions too. And uh, this one, no, that was paid. I'm sorry, it was ordered to pay 35 million for covering. Yeah, that sounds pretty, pretty high.
2: Usually, these settlements yeah. are kept low. But I mean, you know, even that idea. Okay, so they pay money, and then they keep doing it, right? It doesn't stop it.
1: Exactly. it the right. lawyers
2: like it because they get a third. You know,
1: sure.
2: and um, it, the, along with the money for people to accept money. They have to indemnify the churches. And in other words, it's saying it's blood money. It says, here, we're going to shut you up with this money. And you have to sign a statement saying you'll never uh, talk about this or sue us or anybody connected to us. So it's giving them a blank check to say, oh, yeah, you can keep raping kids. Just give us some money.
1: Right, right. And, And we talked about that last time you were on, too. I mean, that was a rude awakening for me and Trish when you explained to us how like in pennsylvania and when they do those big investigations and everything that then they go ahead and put out the reports but that's all they're doing they got deals with the well tell tell the listeners about that probably a lot of them don't realize this that they have deals well
2: yeah they they sit down and they did it uh, we documented year after year how they were doing this in canada in ireland the irish government came over to canada in 2004 and studied how to do it uh they're doing it all over america now with the pennsylvania settlement what they do is the, the perpetrator sits down with the, the other side, right? Well, there are no sides in court, you know. It's like the lawyers, they create the appearance of fighting each other, but that's just for their clients. Uh, but, you know, the the lawyers uh, sit down and they, they say, okay, you will give a certain amount of money to each person in return for being indemnified. And um, once that deal is in place, then they start doing things like issuing apologies, um you know, admitting that certain things. Nobody ever goes to jail except maybe a few low-level people. They toss to the crowd. Um, and the, the system carries on. So it's really a way to... I remember a Native woman once told me the way they used to shut us up is that they'd kill us or they'd rape us and, and traumatize us so we couldn't speak. Now they do it with a paycheck and lawyers and official apologies right. so they can carry on. Because all an apology is, it, it's not an expression that they're sorry. That's It's really weird, the English language. One word can have two different meanings, two opposite meanings. An apology is two things. It can mean, and this is how most of us understand it, it can mean, I'm sorry, you know. Uh, But an apologetic also means to justify your action. An apologetic, he's an apologist for this person. He's making excuses for them, right? So when government church people say apology, what they're really saying in their legal language is, we didn't do anything wrong. We were justified in what we're doing. And it's, and it's their indemnification language. It's the way that they protect themselves. So they love apologies. It, it shores up their position, and it gets the befuddled masses to think that, oh, they're really sorry now. Now things are going to be different. When we know opposite.
1: <laughs> right, right. Well, the Pope keeps coming out now and referring to the devil. Stuff, like you you know, he's not apologizing. Black. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I said. The devil himself speaks when I posted yeah. that. Yeah. It's so insane. But no, he's not apologizing. And he's, and he's sentencing more of these priests or bishops, or I can't even keep it straight. That's why I usually like Trish to do these interviews. But to just for a life of penance and prayer for everything they've done.
2: Ugh. Oh, well, it's just it's so awesome. it's bullshit. I mean, they, whenever yeah. a priest is caught, he's sent away off the radar to another parish so he can keep doing it. I mean, that's sure. their standard policy. They don't think there's... Like, it's what I said to you earlier. There's nothing wrong about raping a child. What the, sin, what the crime is in Vatican law is to talk about it, right? They don't right. think there's anything wrong with doing it, because in their mind, children are evil, were born fallen, and you can do whatever... They, they're not human, right? It's really, in practice, how they operate and think. Sure,
1: sure. Well, yeah, and that's why, you know, I, I still maintain... You know how they identified all those priests in that in that report in Pennsylvania. When they come out with these reports, every one of those priests, like in Wisconsin, we have on the internet, they'll put it up there, and where every child pedophile or whatever is located, it's documented. This mm-hmm. is where the perverts are. You know, yeah. you can go and find in your neighborhood. Well, there should be a mark on there for every damn priest. Right. Definitely. That is named in these reports.
2: And the, the name that should be at the top of the list is the Pope himself, because the buck stops with him. He's the, he's the CEO. He's legally responsible for the action of every one of his employees under the law. And uh, he should be the first to go to jail.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. Get him at the top. Yes, and and it should be, you know, Trump signed that executive order, that anybody involved in human trafficking and stuff to take all their assets. Well, that's what should happen with the Vatican.
2: And they got a lot of assets, let me tell you.
1: You're darn right. <laughs> You're darn right. That would get this country out of, uh, oh, yeah. uh partially out of debt, mm-hmm. you know. And, the, you know, when I was talking before about how they'll come after you, you know, I only owed like 300 and some dollars in taxes. And look at look at all these people on the Internet that owe millions and millions and millions of back taxes yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And they get away with it. Come after me for 300 and some dollars. Garnish oh, yeah, my well, postal security check.
2: One of the reasons, you know, we're talking about why the United States government doesn't, you know, go after the Vatican, well, remember what I mentioned, the Vatican are very close business partners now with China, and China owns about a third of the American debt. China could shut down the U.S. economy tomorrow, just calls in its debt, and everything collapses in America. So the Vatican and China own America very much, in, in at least in the present financial system. So, I mean... If people want to take back their country, it's got to start in the community. We need another 1776, you know.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Now, you said when the Pope was in um, Ireland that, that he, he used a double to go around in the parade. Yeah.
2: What happened was um, th- they knew there was going to be a really low turnout, and they were worried about protesters and the arrest warrant that was issued. Like in Geneva on June 21st, the Comunerian sheriffs almost arrested and They had their hands on him. They were going to try the same thing in Dublin, so they had a, a, a double. Uh, Bergoglio, you might have noticed there's a picture of him in the Mobile behind this screen, but if you look at the screen, his face is blurred. It's not him, it's his double, because at the same time he was in Galway in the West, which is where this cover-up of this grave of children was, he was meeting with some of his, uh, his people to find out you know, a way to get out of being deposed, because there's a faction in Rome that are now trying to get rid of the guy and bringing in probably a um, cardinal from Nigeria called Orenze, who's a real conservative. Yeah, so there. they've got an
1: internal war going on right in the Vatican now, eh?
2: Yeah, it's, it's at the top. It's, the you know, like we've talked about, the rank and file revolt of these priests. It's, it's at every level, and uh, they don't know what to do. I think they're in real panic mode right now, frankly.
1: How is the Vatican reacting to these priests putting out this uh, statement?
2: So far what we've heard is uh, they're shocked. Uh, they didn't think they'd do it. And uh, they're trying to find out who these guys are. I keep getting, uh, it's funny, I, I suddenly get a, a, a real rash of media inquiries and people saying, well, we need to know the names of these priests to interview them. And how do we know, you know, I'm making this stuff up, Kevin, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's a way to try to get names out of us. And sure. I said, look, um, if these guys ever went public right now, they'd end up dead, you know, exactly. or worse. Sure, and hey? literally, oh. this is what they do to their enemies. And that's, you know, the secret oath of the Jesuits. Regardless of a Jesuit himself. They have the right to kill anybody they want in defense of uh, the Church of Rome. So that includes their own people, of course.
1: Right. Hey, whatever happened with that uh, Cardinal Pell over there in Australia, you know, when he was going on trial, then they made it all secret, you know, and the press wasn't allowed in or anything. Did that trial yeah, ever right. end? Oh, no, they made a deal. That's why they kept it out of the
2: media and, and that he's not going to do any time. But don't forget, the only reason he went to trial is because he's with the old Ratzinger faction. And Bergoglio arranged it to have him arrested. Um, you know, Really? So when, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, because it's a power struggle now between the Ratzinger and, F- and Bergoglio factions. And they line up each other to get arrested. And, you know, it's kind of like when for them to accuse each other of child rape is like, one lion accusing the other of eating gazelles, right? I mean,
1: Well, exactly, exactly. You know, so you're telling me that trial's over and the guy is just, what is he going to do now?
2: He, he'll he retire somewhere in pension, just stay out of mind, out of sight, and um, th- there's no way he's going to do any time. That's, that would send, you know, for a cardinal, they're one of the most senior positions in the church. They never go to jail. They resign, and like Cardinal Sean Brady in Ireland, he simply stepped down. Even though it had been, we showed uh, two days before he resigned. I'd been on a Dublin radio show, and I, I mentioned his personal involvement in covering up the chum mass grave, and uh, even citing how he did it. He went around to the police yeah. and and got them to change the corners uh, records. So the evidence of really? cut up bones and decapitation were removed from the police reports. He arranged that.
1: Right. He did. Right.
2: And we were exposed to that and then he resigned two days later. So that's you know, before the police come on the door. Although they never would.
1: Yeah, so when once you expose it then they'll they'll take him out so that the story'll die.
2: Yeah, it's really to placate the higher ups in the church and their money people because he's saying, Okay, look, I'll I'll get out of the limelight here, I don't want to embarrass you guys. It's not because they're actually worried of being arrested, but they're doing it for their own you know their own people right. to reassure them.
1: Well, they really got a battle going in over that uh, Cardinal McCarrick. Isn't it McCarrick? Right. From the U.S.?
2: Yeah, they're going after Now, that's the Ratzinger faction going after him because he's, he was appointed by Bergoglio, And they're, they're just shooting. They're just taking pot shots at each other like that all the time.
1: So the other pope was just sitting there in the, in the Vatican?
2: Oh, Ratzinger, yeah. No, he hasn't come out since February 2013 when we chased him in there.
1: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that must feel good, huh?
2: It really did, you know. I I just, um, it makes you realize, uh, realize that your life's been for some purpose.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, I bet you, you know, Trish, was, we were so excited, you know, about that declaration and everything. And, boy, I yeah. imagine you were especially excited because, right, it validates your work. You know, and Yeah, and most importantly, we know it's going to
2: save we know it's going to save lives of children, because sure, you know. when they're afraid, they stop their activity, it's shut down for a while, and that saved lives, and we just have to keep it up.
1: Now, will these other priests and bishops, will they start their own churches?
2: I don't know. I mean, probably that's the way, you know, I was meeting with some of them once, and I said, look... Um, we my my ancestors were presbyterians and congregationalists and all they ever did is and baptists right and they you just have your congregation you don't need a church hierarchy you don't need bishops you don't need anyone above the gathered community of, of christians right and um, that's how the early church was before they brought in bishops and popes and all that nonsense so really it's just going back to to the basics of
1: how people you know how you worship well, right, so people, you can know, do it on their own because that's been a concern of mine, you know, working so hard to take the Vatican down. It, yeah. it, these people that are so, so religious, you know, they go to church every day and everything else, it's like, what are they supposed to do now?
2: Well, they don't need, you know, it's, a, it's kind of a matter of growing up and becoming self reliant and realizing, well, you don't need somebody to tell you the truth. We know it within yourself. Like, didn't Jesus said the kingdom of heaven's within you? He didn't say it was in a communion wafer, He didn't say it was in a church. He said, it's within each one of us,
1: right? Right. Yeah. Well, I was very happy, like I said last week, to see those parking spaces empty, I'll tell you. Yeah. You know, and like you said, people, when something happens, people come more at you, you know, and like now, I mean, you know, the media is just full of all this filth from the Vatican. And um, people look at it like me and you and the other ones in this movement are taking the Vatican down, you know, instead of looking at what they've been doing, why we need to do this. Yep. Oh yeah, I know,
2: and it's a it's a stage, you know. When people, it's it's really like with people when they're dying, you know, these different stages. People they don't always go through them, but often you'll see it. You know, first people are denying they're dying, and and then they get all angry, and then they get all grief stricken, and then they feel resigned after a while and depressed. But I mean, it it's all about realizing what, you, accepting reality, right? And right. and. Church institutions die just like people. So this one's dying, it looks like, and that's a good thing.
1: Sure, sure. I know my father is deceased, and I say often that I'm glad that he's gone, that he doesn't have to see all this. I mean, Mm -hmm. but yet my father, I know that if he was alive and I showed him this stuff, that he wouldn't turn against me. He would believe me. I mean, but it's right there in front of you. It's common sense. You know, I have to tell him, Dad, this, this has to go.
2: Yeah, and people often will write to me and say, well, what, what should we do? And I'm saying, well, you don't have to ask me. You know what you have to do. Your conscience tells you what you have to do. You're the expert. You know your situation. Just act on what you know,
1: right? Well, you know, and, and believe me, this is this whole situation is causing division. Because I'll tell you, I am so angry at anybody that goes and gives money to that church. Now that yep. they, it's right out there in the open, they can't deny it any longer, what they've been doing all these centuries. They yep. they keep going and giving their money to carry on this global pedophile gang? Yep. <laughs> I'm getting well, causing, mad, division,
2: eh? causing division's well in Canada people don't like causing division. That's a no no, right? But mm-hmm. causing division is a it can be a holy act. I mean remember uh, quote Jesus again he said uh, I didn't I have come I'm not come to bring peace but division. I've come to set mother against son and father against daughter where there's five, three will be left, and two will be taken. And it's to purify, you've got to separate. You've got to come out from the evil corruption, and that causes division and conflict. But that's part of growth, you know,
1: that's part of life. Right. Well, how many churches now do you, do you know? I, I wouldn't know this. How many churches are talking about this right in the churches? Do you know? Oh. Catholic churches?
2: Within no, they they shut down anything. Uh, really, it, it, the major churches—it's such a cultural of den- its a culture of denial and silence. You're not allowed to talk, and people often don't. Although you know, you occasionally get it. I remember oh, there was this classic case. You love this. It, it was about ten years ago when we were occupying churches in Vancouver and Toronto and Winnipeg. The thing that eventually forced the government to acknowledge this genocide and. Um, the week after we had occupied, we just walked in. The Police weren't there or anything. It was great. We just walked in with our banner, walked around inside this Catholic cathedral in Vancouver, and um, the priest freaked out. They tried to get me in a headlock. <laughs> it was great. Oh, the priest physically assaulted me. Yeah, but um, anyway, we walked around with this banner saying, "All the children need a proper burial," and all the people in the pews were intrigued. That like, what is this about? Right? They're really curious. Well, the next week, you know, the priests they had all the major security. And the bishop comes in, and he starts denouncing us from the pulpit about how we're making it all up. We're just trying to destroy the church. This young Native woman stands up, and she starts taking on the bishop and saying, you're not telling the truth. They're telling the truth. They're talking about how your church killed our children. Guess what happened? A cop was stationed inside the church. He reaches across three people, grabs this young girl, drags her out of the pew, and throws her physically out of the church. You're kidding just for challenging the the, the Catholic Bishop um, uh, R- uh, Rusin Raymond Rusin, the Bishop in uh, in Vancouver at the time, he resigned. He had a nervous breakdown after. Uh, <laughs> Glad to <Yeah>, see. Right. <laughs> but uh, no, the cops just chucked her right out of the churches, and that's what they do. They I've seen that happen other places. You know, they just shut down any mention of this stuff.
1: So that, how did there, the other people react mean? to that? They how just. Does the rest uh, of they
2: there's a great picture of her. I've got it posted online. She's walking proudly out of the church, and this cop is escorting her. And the the cop looks miserable. I think he knows, you know, the absurdity of what he was doing. But um, everyone in was just dumbstruck. They didn't know what to think. You know, it's just like. But it's good when they start doing that to their own people, because she was a member of the church. She wasn't a demonstrator or anything. They just chucked her right out. You know? Right. Wow. So that you yeah. said
0: the cop looked like he
1: was. Tortured, having to throw her out.
2: He looked really troubled. It's a it's a great picture because it's like who who won here? Well, she kept them on high ground, right? Oh. That's the kind of thing we need to do all the time: get up and confront them right to their face, and they panic because they're cowards, yeah. you know? They're, right. they're they're
1: cowards. Yeah, how awful to have a cop in the church and throw out a member of the congregation because they speak up. Yeah, well, that's Canada. You get that all the time.
2: You can go to jail in Canada for criticizing the church publicly really yep you can end a two-year prison sentence for challenging the doctrines of the church in public so if i got up on the church steps and said their whole idea of the virgin mary is bullshit i could be arrested and go to jail it's called blasphemous libel and my ancestor in england peter Ann in 1761 he was thrown in prison for publishing pamphlets uh, challenging the authority of the Church of England and, and whether the Bible was literally true or not. He had a, they had him in hard labor for a year for doing that. So really? things haven't changed in 250 years.
1: Wow. So is that just against the Catholic Church? Uh,
2: no, any any church. Like, well, Any church? Catholic, Anglican, United, any of the mainstream Christian churches, so-called.
1: Wow. See, I stayed away from organized religion, oh, God, probably since Probably since my twenties. Yeah. You know, I Good just idea. I just did not like it. I said I just didn't understand. I said I had my own relationship with my God. Yeah. And I didn't need some human being standing up there telling me what God says or worse yet, telling me yeah. what God thinks when he says it. You know, exactly. and that was my that was my stance. Yeah. You know, that uh well now I I find that I was absolutely correct. Yeah, that, you were right. Uh, And and all these religions, and that's why I've been um, investigating some other religions more, because I seem to just stay on the Catholic religion, but we know they're all involved. It's only that the Catholic have, you know, have charities and and churches all over the globe. There's so many of them, you know. Well, they've
2: been out at the longest. They've got the biggest criminal structure, and they're the richest. So they're a good target, and also... It's a common denominator. Anybody uh, in a country around the world can protest the Catholic Church, you know, because they're everywhere. So it's one of the reasons we focus on them. And they, they run these satanic networks, so definitely got to expose a, that.
1: I know, and that's what people find so hard to accept, you know. And and I did two or three years ago, you know, that these satanic networks. Yeah. I mean, this is a battle of our lifetime. It is. loser, loser you know. I said, we're we're fighting against these satanic monsters. Yeah. You know, and they are out here, and I mean, they're everywhere. I mean, Hollywood just broadcasts this all over the place, you know.
2: I should... Uh, battle I like
1: that.
2: I just noticed the time, before we go off, I should mention the websites again for people.
1: Yes, um, yes, please do.
2: Um, murderbydecree.com. Murderbydecree.com is a uh, website about a lot of the evidence we've been talking about. The Tribunal website, itccs.org, and kevinannett.com is my personal site. Uh, Write to me, thecommonland, at gmail.com, and uh, go to amazon.com for all my books, Kevin Annett, A-N-N-E-T-T.
1: Right. Well, you are such a hero, I'll tell you, and, and you deserve so much credit for everything that's been done and everything that's going on now. I mean, we wouldn't be anywhere without you, Kevin.
2: Well, we would be, you know, we have to do what we're given to do and what the right thing is. You just keep doing the right thing, and, and uh, time does the rest, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm so glad that this has finally happened, because this was a really big boost, me and Trish yeah. thought, you know, with this mm-hmm. this order coming out by these um, these priests. You know, we needed this, them to step up and break away. Because yep. as we talked before, it was like, well, where do we start? How do we get, how do we take it down? Yep, from the inside out. <laughs> yep, and that's what's happening now. And so these these priests and stuff, their names aren't in this statement, huh?
2: They're not in the they didn't publish the names in the public statement, but we know who the major people are and um uh it like I said, it even includes a few bishops. So I think right. these guys are the, you know, some of them are like the rats leaving the ship for sure, but sure. we'll be able to release sure. more in the future. Just people yeah. can follow the postings at
1: itccs.org. Yeah, I, I post all the time. You know, whenever you come out with something, yeah. that's what I post, and it has your website and all that on it. And and I tell people to go and look at you are the most important person in this battle, and you have, have made such accomplishments. And this latest one is the biggest yet, and, and I'm so ecstatic about it.
2: Yeah. Well, I am too. It mm-hmm. feels good.
1: Yeah. So um, what's on your agenda next?
2: Well, uh, in the fall, this, which is like October, November especially, um, right. I, I'm, I'm going around to all the different groups that are starting up. But we, we've had, in Ireland alone, we've got new, five new common law courts that are being formed. People in Ireland are really rising up. There's this big really? movement called oh, right. Take Back the City. All the homeless are occupying the empty buildings. There's thousands really? of people all over Dublin protesting and our common law organizers are in there and we're going to be setting up common law courts makes, making citizen arrests and um, so we're going to report more on that uh, I do my radio show Sundays as well people should know about 3pm but that's on our website so go to that thanks Evie
1: okay. well thank you so much Kevin okay people well we will see you next week have a good for week for sure okay. bye bye
0: thin as I get older, pieces, pieces, bloody and bruised. I feel so helpless and confused. Cause I hear screaming on the left, yelling on the right. I'm sitting in the middle trying to live my life. Cause I can't stop the war.